Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast. My name is Brooke. Pour yourself your favorite cup of coffee, and let's hop into today's episode. Hi everybody, welcome back. We have a very special guest this week. I have Shamira with me, and we're going to be hearing her story. I'm excited to chat and get to hear her story, so I will let her introduce herself. Hi, everyone. Um, Like she said, my name is Shamira. Um, um, I'm 33. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, if you guys have any questions for me, shoot. (laughs) So just to start, I would love to hear your story of getting diagnosed and um, just in general, how you found out, what kind of red flagged for you and were you classic or mosaic okay so um how we found out was um I was about I guess 12 or 13 um so I was diagnosed later on um I didn't they didn't catch it like at birth or anything like that um it was more so my mom she noticed um you know like everyone else all my family all my cousins that were around the same age as me um she noticed how they were developing and changing and you know every 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 female goes through that transition time where you know they um where they you know develop and they you know transition into womanhood um so to speak and um she noticed that I there was nothing you know what I mean I didn't develop I wasn't as advanced as the other other my other cousins and stuff so she asked me a few questions and stuff like that I answered them and she was like you know it seems like we need to take you to the doctors I don't know I don't know what's going on you know um and I'm short um thank thankfully I'm at least five feet I'm like five foot nothing and I was like shorter than everybody else too um so she noticed that and so we went to the doctor's my doctor, of course, didn't know what was going on. They ran some tests. They did, you know, ultrasounds. They did blood work. They did, like, CAT scans. They did, like, the works. They did everything. Um, so they did find a couple other things, too, like um, my heart, um, my uh, hearing, my vision, um, stuff like that. All the classic things that go with um, being diagnosed with Turner syndrome. Um, so. Um, so there's that. And then they finally said, you know, this is what we think she has. Um, and they started me on, they were talking about starting me on the hormone, uh, therapy. So I started that. Um, and then, you know, I slowly developed with that, of course, and, you know, um, everything just went smoothly after that. And then, um, they just, um, put me on just, I was down to just the pills. Um, and so I was just, uh, taking the pills. And that's how I got diagnosed. Thankfully, my doctor was super smart. Um, Dr. Dustin Morris, um, he helped us out and he's a great doctor. He's in Tucson. Okay. Very cool. So did they do a karyotype at the end to finally get that official diagnosis? Yeah, they did all of that. They did the whole workup. Um, I think he said I am a mosaic uh, Turner syndrome or something and he found out like I don't have any eggs and 
apparently I had very, very small ovaries and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the test confirmed it. And I just been kind of, I just been kind of just um, diagnosed with that. And so I'm happy about it though. And then I met my husband. <laughs> I am married. I'm 33. I'm married with a husband. <laughs> How long have you been married? I've been married for eight years. Actually, I've known him um, since I was 16 years old. So we're like high school sweethearts. Um, and um, he's very open and he's very accepting of everything. Um, but yeah, he's 35 right now. He's 35. Very nice. That's cool. Um, so <laughs> that's funny that you were like, thankfully I, I hit five foot or happily I hit five foot. It seems like five feet is the like coveted height. If you can at least hit that, you feel good. <laughs> right. I wanted to do, I wanted to hit five, five, but you know, <laughs> but did you know. <laughs> they, did they ever talk about doing, I mean, I guess at 12 or 13, that would be a little late to start from what I've heard, but did they ever talk about doing growth hormones with you? Um, yeah, we kind of did the whole growth hormone thing and it didn't really like it, like I developed as much as I could. And then my mom didn't really want me to continue. So I kind of did, we kind of just stopped everything after a while. And I was like, when I stopped everything, I was like, maybe, 17 or 18. Okay. Yeah, I've heard so many different experiences with growth hormones. It seems like you can never really tell how much of a difference it'll make for somebody. Yeah. <clears throat> so what would you it definitely say? it was definitely a weird a weird time in my life. Yeah, I would imagine at 12 or 13, that's a pretty, because that was, that was when I started seeing a doctor for everything, but I was already diagnosed at that point, so it wasn't just finding out. Um, what was your initial reaction to the diagnosis? How did that feel? Um, it honestly, it just my whole world came crashing down to tell you the truth. Like I knew I was different, you know, like I knew I was different from all the other, all my other family members and stuff. Um, but just like when they tell you everything that comes along with having Turner syndrome and you know, the, the thing that hit the most hardest was me not being able to have a child of my own um, naturally. Um, they told me I would have challenges, you know, and even if you do uh, IVF that, you know, there's still challenges with that too. So, um, you know, that, that hit hard. Um, and, you know, me and my mom went through it at that time. It affected our relationship. Um, I blamed her for a while, but then, you know, of course you get over that and you kind of, you know, mature past that. And so, um, and that actually made me and my mom super close. Um, but I was devastated. I was devastated. I didn't know how to react to that news because ever since I can remember, I just wanted to be, I just wanted to be like a mom, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I just wanted to be able to have a child. Like, when you know, when, you know, every little girl goes through that phase where they play with dolls and they pretend like they're their mom and, you know, stuff like that. And I would do that all the time. And, you know, just that reality that that's probably not going to happen for you naturally anyway, that, you know, it really did hit hard. Yeah. I think the biggest part you have to process through, at least for me, was sure there's options, but those options aren't easy. Yeah. And so even though there's ways, it it's still, and there's a lot of, I don't know, I've always likened it to grief. You are grieving something. Yeah. It's definitely a grieving process. I agree with you on that definitely like you're it's kind of like you're grieving a loss in a way um and that, that hit, it hit hard for my family too because my you know I have a huge family I come from a big family and 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 you know when everybody found out uh that I wasn't able to have children um everybody just felt like oh you know I'm sorry to hear that and you know, we went through that whole thing and then you go through the whole thing with people mm-hmm. telling you, oh, it'll happen. Don't worry. You know, um, just pray about it. I'm going to pray that you'll have your own children one day. And, you know, you go through that whole thing with your family as well. Yeah. So medically, what would you say has been the biggest way? I mean, obviously infertility, but there has been, has there been anything else that you felt like has significantly impacted you from Turner's? I feel like, you know, uh, learning wise, I feel like that has affected me too. Um, you know, cause I would notice that, you know, everybody else is super smart and they could remember everything. And I just always felt like everybody else is so much smarter than I was, but, um, in high school, I did go through, in the beginning of high school anyway, I was in like special classes and um, stuff like that. But um, they gave me like tests and stuff like that. And then they put me in regular classes for the last like, last two years of high school, I was in regular classes. And I was mostly a C and B student really. Um, so, and then I did go, I did go on to go to college and I did graduate college. Um, but I told myself, you know, no matter what, like, as long as I give it my all, I can do whatever, you know, whatever I put my mind to. Um, so I just kind of not let the academic part, uh, put me, put me down. I've always stayed positive about that as well. Cause I just, that was a big issue too. When I was uh, growing up as an adolescent, I just didn't feel that smart because of it, you know? Yeah. It's hard when you feel like you're trying as hard as you can and it's just something that your your brain just it feels like your brain isn't wired that way exactly it feels like your brain is like wired differently Mm -hmm. um and I definitely went through that phase too but and I kind of got over it towards you know the high school because I noticed you know um all my friends would help me and you know I had my family to help me you know study and try to try to push me to motivate me to do better in school and stuff that's good a support system can mean a huge difference 
and then you know they would put me um they would put me in the front of the class because i wore glasses and i had trouble hearing and i had a i got tubes put in my ears and stuff like that so um it was kind of like the teacher um paid attention to me so that was <laughs> that was a thing too <laughs> that can make a big difference too when you have a teacher that understands what kind of extra help you might need or what little adjustments might help you. Yeah. It just seemed like it took a lot longer for the information that the teachers were putting out to sink in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it just seemed like what the teacher was saying, like I would hear it and I would like, but then when it, it came time to understand it, it was kind of like I understood it in my own way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like you have to translate it into your own language. <laughs> yeah. I definitely get that. Um, you've mentioned hearing quite a bit. Did you have a lot of ear infections? I'm curious. Yes. Yes. Uh, I pretty much all throughout my childhood, I've had multiple, multiple ear infections. I was hospitalized for ear infections. Um, so I guess that's when they finally decided to put like tubes and stuff in my ears and um, figure what was going on and stuff like that. So, and I've actually had to get those done like three times. Oh, wow. So, but that's, I think that played a big part in, you know, my academic as well me being able to not to hear and stuff like that um that that well yeah yeah those oh man trying to struggle through being able to hear fully. yeah i mean now i'm good now i'm now i'm good i can hear now um thankfully i have no no issues here with hear, my hearing now um but that's good other stuff is still there. <laughs> like, oh, um, my husband is uh, currently trying to teach to drive, and he would, you know, I'm just, I don't, I don't know what it is. I just, I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. He's just, he's, he's very patient with me, and it comes to teach me how to drive. Well, that's, that's nice that he's trying to help you, though. How? was the process for you of telling him everything? Oh, so that, that was another like hard, hard issue that we had to face. You know, um, when we met in high school, I didn't tell him anything. He didn't have no idea, um, stuff like that. Um, I decided to tell him a couple of years later. I think I was like 18 or 19 when I told him. Um, and we had just got our first apartment and, um, you know, he was asking me questions like, oh, you know, are you okay? You know, he was, he was kind of concerned at, at a point to where as though he was like, you know, you haven't even, you know, I'm not able to track your ovulation or your, your menstrual cycle. I'm not, you know, you haven't, we haven't talked about having children and, you know, is everything okay? And, um, I don't know. I just kind of, it was it was basically like an emotional outburst I basically just told him everything and he was just like 
you know, oh, you could have told me and, you know, it's okay, you know, it's not your fault, you know, I wish you would have just told me sooner, um, you know, you're going through this alone and, you know, stuff like that. And he just, he was just very supportive and very understanding. And he said, you don't have to be alone in that, you know, it, it's okay, you know, if we have to adopt, you know, that's, you know, that's what we're going to do. You know, there, he would tell me, you know, there's a lot of kids that need a home and love and everything like that. And I told him if he still wanted to be with me and he said, yes. Um, and ever since then, he's been my rock. He's been everything to me. He's been so supportive, understands. But you know, in the back of your mind, there's that like, I don't know if it's the same with everyone else, but with me, it's all still that guilt that, you know, it's kind of like you, it's kind of like you take that option away from them, you know, when they get into a relationship with you because you know, like you have and you can't give them, he really wants a child. Trust me, he really, he sees how big my family is and how much these children mean to me, <laughs> everything like that. But, you know, um, he's understanding and he's patient. So he's open to adoption. He's open to any, anything that I want to do. He's completely 100% supportive with, with everything. That's but so it was scary. It was, it was really, really nerve wracking. It really was. Yeah. It's a scary thing. <laughs> it's not a simple conversation to have because it is tied up in so many emotions. It did. It, it allowed out so much. Like I let him in, I let him in like all my feelings. I felt like, you know, I told him I felt he was going to leave me for somebody that can have a child. You know what I'm saying? Like when it gets to that point where he really, really, really wants a child, I feel like, you know, that he could just leave me and have a child. You know what I mean? So uh, that really, we, we actually, um, we talked about it really deeply, real in depth about it. And he said he would never do that. And um, he understands and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah it's oh man and having somebody that understands and that's in it with you mm -hmm. is one of the most important things ever yeah because it's already such a hard thing you know and you do grieve not just for yourself but you grieve for them too mm. you're definitely right there's I mean, a lot of the struggle I feel like we have is, you know, like 30%, we really want this in general, we want kids. And then there's also when you're married, there's a part of it that's like, and I really want to give that to them. Yeah. It's hard. Because I feel like he deserves to be a dad. He's, he's great with kids and he deserves to be a dad, you know, and I'm just, it's just all this struggle that we would have to go through and all that. It's like, it's a lot. It's a lot to, uh, for someone else to take, to take on, you know, and I'm, I come to him and I ask him to take on this burden with me. And it's like, you feel like you're being unfair. Yeah, it does feel like, it does feel like you're asking a lot of them yeah so i love my husband for accepting me and you know i'm thankful 
every day that, you know, he's still by my side and we've been together for so long. And um, we basically grew up together. Um, like I said, I've known him since I was 15, 16. So, um, you know, we went through school together, went, you know what I'm saying? Like everything, we've been through everything together. And, you know, the fact that he accepts it is, is amazing to me. He's an amazing person. And, you know, I wish I can give him the child that he wants right now, but he knows that it, it's going to take some time. Like if we want to adopt or if we want to try, you know, IVF or anything like that. Um, but he also knows what comes along with that process and the whole process, you know, and, you know, the expenses and, you know, everything like that. And um, we're still paying off our student loans and, you know, everything like that. We're still paying off like uh, different um, houses and stuff, but, you know, and not to mention this, the everyday today expenses that you spend. Um, but, you know, he is, he, works hard every day and I you know I'm here to support him and he's here to support me and Daddy, he had he and the cuckoo clock and he and the cuckoo clock okay <laughs> yeah so what would you say to somebody that is around that same age you were when you were diagnosed what would be your biggest piece of advice for them my biggest piece of advice for someone of that age who was diagnosed would be just to, you know, do everything you can to stay healthy and um, just to find a good support system, um, you know, and just know that you're not alone. Because I know when I was going through it, I just felt alone because I, I didn't even know, like, who else had it. I didn't know anybody. I didn't even know about it you know, um, so just, you know, try to get in touch with people that'll help you and people that understand what you're going through and, you know, the other different challenges that you'll face. Just take any help that is offered to you. I love that. That's so true. So, um, <laughs> I think that's everything I had. Is there any, um, Anything that we didn't touch on that you would want to share? Um, just, um, just in general about like, you know, how, like telling everyone else, you know, I feel like, I feel like that is, you know, a big thing that we need to all touch on, you know, because some people, you know, you get the questions all the time from people. Oh, when are you going to have a child? When are you going to have a child? You know, especially when you get to that age where you're in different relationships with people, um, you know, that are going to start asking those questions. And I feel like a lot of us need to um, touch on that more. Um, I see a lot of, you know, people saying, you know, just, oh, you guys can adopt or whatever. And this, this and that. But like, we want, I want people to touch more on, how to tell somebody, you know, like how to talk to somebody else about it. Like being polite about asking somebody when they're gonna have a child, because I don't like when I have to explain it to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like explaining to them, oh, I can't have a child. Yeah. I, it's like a big thing for me. I don't like to explain that to somebody. Um, so it's a, I feel like we need to touch on different ways to react on when somebody does ask you that question. That's a very good point. Um, I 
do actually maybe have a podcast episode coming out about one little piece of that. Um, just because it's one, like one phrase I hear all the time is, oh, you can always just adopt. Well, just adopt is a very interesting way of putting it, but um, yeah. So, but I totally agree. We talk about so many other aspects of, you know, how we have to handle all of those emotions and all of that. And I don't feel like there's much coaching for how somebody responds themselves to it when somebody tells them. Um, and yeah, so you are very, very right. There should be more out there about that. <laughs> and whether there's issues or not, or the person is just too, like the couple has just not gotten there yet it's kind of I mean that all still applies as far as lightly asking <laughs> yeah, it took me a while to accept accept everything and you know like I knew like I said I knew it wasn't normal but like you know once everything was like diagnosed and once everything was said and you know once all my family knew it was kind of like they kind of they did kind of treat me different they treated me like I was like I don't know, like a fragile thing or something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to touch about that too. Like, I don't like, that's like something that affected me as well. Like I want, I want to be treated normal by my family and friends and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause I am, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. definitely. It's, I mean, it's always, appreciate it when somebody wants to be sensitive to that but you also don't want them walking on eggshells around you like you're gonna break at any second just because somebody brings up somebody being pregnant mm -hmm. <laughs> so i i understand that too there's there's a balance in that <laughs> like my my great aunt sylvia um she just found out that my my sister um, the mother of my nephew that I have right here with me, she just found out that she's going to have a child again. And she asked, oh, when's Shamaya going to have a child? And I'm just like, you know? Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a lot that I would like to discuss. And I need to start, you know, open. I do need to start opening up more to people and letting people, you know, in and talking to them and you know and I'm trying I'm looking forward to meeting more people um like myself such as myself you know who who are diagnosed with this and and who live their life with this and you know I would like more friends that I can relate to you know yeah having others it, syndrome comes with such unique stuff um I've always said there's a huge difference in having other people that are struggling with that same thing versus somebody that maybe just you've explained it to and they kind of understand. Um, yeah. It's very different. And I think every person with Turner syndrome can benefit from having at least one other person with it that they can talk to about that stuff. I agree. So... Well, thank you so much for talking with me. It was really great getting to chat and hear your story. You as well. Okay, well, have a great rest of your day. You too.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Turner Syndrome. If you would like to support the podcast, I do have listener support set up on Anchor. And if you'd like to leave me a voice message, I would love to hear from you. Don't forget, you can find the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brooktv. Make sure you're subscribed so you see when the next one comes out. And I will see you guys in the next episode.